Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We're in season 10. I know you guys, y'all can't believe that we've had well over 300 episodes now, but I'm just so excited to have another great guest here on the show. If you guys have not heard about Paul Becker, you're going to learn a lot more about him and his career. He is one of the most sought-after young choreographers and directors in the industry. Paul is a three-time World Choreography Award nominee, a 2022 Leo Award winner, a 2022 MTV Award winner for Best Musical Number, where he was nominated for two different films in the same category. He is the protege and creative partner of famed director Kenny Ortega. Paul's visionary approach to storytelling, which he honed for years through his prolific choreography career, resulted in him recently directing the hit Netflix series Julie and the Phantoms. He also wrote and directed Breaking Brooklyn for Lion Gates starring Academy Award winner Louis Goslett Jr. and was honored to direct and choreograph the closing ceremonies for the illustrious Pan Am Games. While his career as a dancer thrived, he was inspired to choreograph during his time filming Chicago alongside Rob Marshall. Having choreographed his first film, you guys, at the age of 19, he was quickly catapulted to acclaim and was brought on board to develop epic stage productions for the Jonas Brothers, Molly Cyrus, Kanye West, Pitbull, Sierra, just to name a few. His onstage work also includes creating and directing two mega tours for Sesame Street Live and two brand new circus tours for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. He has, you guys, worked on well over 300 films and TV shows. And one thing I really enjoy about him is that he is a strong minded person who is doing great things in the industry. And the last thing I want to share, you guys, in his bio is that he actually produced um, the parade across America, the inaugural celebration for the 46th president of the United States, um, Joe Biden. And I'm just very excited to have our great, amazing guest, Paul Becker, here. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for the nice setup. No, thank you yeah. for being so brilliant that I had a good setup. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always yeah. tell people when it comes to choreographing things, dancing is definitely not my strongest suit, but I love to watch Amazing Dancers. And So You Think You Can Dance is one of my favorite shows I saw growing up. And then Dance with the Stars, I mean, I could watch that day and night. It's just such a great show. And so I'm just so excited to kind of learn more about your career. And then hopefully we can kind of get to know what made you go into this field? So if you're ready, I created some really fun questions that I think will help us to kind of dive deep and learn more about yeah. it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the first question I have for you, um, do you mind telling us about your first film, Are We There Yet? And what was it like working with Ice Cube and just kind of hustling to get your name out there in the industry? I mean... Why, I, Are We There Yet was my first movie, and I had no clue what to expect. Sir, in movies like Chicago and, and Josie and the Pussycats and other random projects and, and an actor, and I, I, 
I got the choreography bug when I saw Rob Marshall do his thing when I was on set of Chicago and I was like, I want to do that. I want to direct. I'm going to choreograph. I want to do that. So I started pursuing choreography and I didn't know where to go. So I would really just, and I realized early on that I'd knock, I would knock on doors with like a manila envelope with my photo in it and like other actors and pile of manila envelopes on, on the, on the desk one day at one of these production offices and I was like, none of these actors are, or whoever they are are being seen. None of these envelopes are being opened. And then I realized, wait a minute, a FedEx envelope. Everyone opens a FedEx. So I started mailing <laughs> all of my materials in FedEx envelopes and they started getting opened. Um, and but while I was waiting for them to be opened, I needed a job. And I, and I remember my daughter was just born and, and I was struggling and I had a, you know, I was really young and, and I needed a job and I took a job in Florida that I didn't want to do. And, and, um, on my way back home, I was on the, on the flight back home. Uh, I got a call and it was Matt Alvarez's office and ice cubes company saying that they want me to come in for a meeting and they got my FedEx package <laughs> and it had my materials in it. And these materials were, were, you know, my very first demo reel in a, in a press package that I hyped myself up on in a resume. So I came in for a meeting and I got the job. It was just like, they took a chance on me. Like, it wasn't like I had any experience at all. I just, they took a chance. They took a big chance. And um, I got to choreograph the, the Alicia Allen singing Respect and, and work with Brian Levant, who, who I went on to do Scooby-Doo franchise with. And, and Are We Done Yet? No, um, Carr, Steve Carr did Are We Done Yet? But regardless, I ended up friendship and a bond with, with Brian, Brian. He's really a genius director. And, and um, I, I was learning on the job. I had no clue how to run a, I had no clue I had the voice that I have now. So I was really kind of winging it. I had the skills and the talent, but just the, the know-how. There's something to be said about experience. Experience is important. Um, I certainly was getting into that moment. So I love that. that. And thank you for giving that background on that. And then the funny thing is, I saw an interview when you talked about um, are we there yet? And just having, you know, that experience. And I, if I remember correctly, you were talking about that scene when she was singing and they had like a different like angle or something that you want to, to oh, use yeah. that he used. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I knew I had a voice it was when uh, I was, you know, telling Brian, you know, I really designed this moment for the camera to be low here and her to slide into the frame. And he was like, what? No, we're not on time. I said, come on, just like, watch, just watch, just watch. And he's like, all right, all right, put the camera up. Let me see. Oh, yeah, it does look good. Yeah, uh-oh, yeah. And we shot it real quick. <laughs> and they called it genius. It's like, you called me a genius? He's like, I didn't call you a genius. I said, that looked genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love he's, that. He's, and that's a great moment for you. It was. It really showed me. It really showed me that they're hiring me for my voice. And, you know, a lot of people are timid to speak up 
um, when it comes to being creative or in anything in life. People are timid to speak up. You have a voice. You can use it. You can use it tactfully. You can use it diplomatically. You can help people. You can use it in so many different ways, creatively. Just you have a voice. And it, that kind of taught me that I had a creative voice. And that's, I need to embrace that. I love that. And speaking of embracing who you are and being able to share your experiences, I want to do something that you weren't expecting we're going to do today. So I want to dedicate this to your daughter, if that's okay. Mm. No problem. Yeah. yeah I think that'd be really cool because I mean, one of your inspirations and I feel like when, when you have something or someone that guides you in the right direction, that it keeps you motivated, propels you to the next level in your career. And so I definitely want to do that. But um, the second part, I wanted to kind of ask you for your own definition of what would you say is a movement choreographer? Well, before I say that, thank you for dedicating it to my daughter. And like, you know, it really did motivate me. It, the, the moment she was born, I was time to man up. And really, it really put a drive into me. So, and that drive's still there. <laughs> that drive. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it really changed my life for the better. So yeah, thank you. Uh, but my Absolutely. my definition, my definition of of, of movement choreographer. Um, well, I mean, choreographer comes from the Greek language. Really, dance. It means dance writing. So it's the job of a choreographer to to write physical dialogue. To really with physical dialogue, and and that comes in various ways, um, but a movement like what I did on The Last of Us for HBO. Uh, my job was to create movement of the clickers and the infected, so I really had to do a deep dive into that. I was brought on really early on well over a year and a bit. And um, early on, it did a lot of research on neurological diseases and how the body moves and how the pain triggers the body to move certain ways and gives it certain hiccups. And we really dove into the reason why it's moving. And, and my job was to teach all of the actors and all the infected how to move like the infected and to teach the clickers how to move. And it was... It was, uh, it had its challenges, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun because Neil and Craig were, were very passionate about it and were very serious about it and they respected the process. So that was a cool, it was a really cool experience. Um, and I was a fan of the game as well. So yeah, I, I, I had awesome time work. I really did. Usually I hated in the past, I've hated doing movement choreography stuff. Like I did it on, I did it on a butt, like zombie stuff or whatever. I, I didn't like doing it. I just, it just, some, sometimes it just felt empty, but this was different. This had more of a purpose. You know, what was so funny. You said the, it was the last of us. Yeah. You know, you know, what was just so funny is actually as we're recording, I was watching the Food Network, and when you said that, they had a commercial, and they just did it, and they said The Last of Us came up. That was so funny. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it blew up. It blew, it blew up the show. It was a great show. I finally just watched it, 
and uh, it brought back so many memories because I mean we did it over a couple years ago now, and uh, but it uh, it 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 was, it's a hit. Really proud of it. I love that. And see, that's one thing I love about you is that you're able to take small nuances. And I don't even know if you understand, but your voice, the way you talk, you have an intonation and inflection in your voice that is connective. And so I think that's why people listen. Like you said, hey, I have a voice, but it's not just your voice. You have a power in your voice, which then causes people to take notice. It's not like a fear response. Like, oh, I'm afraid you know, when Paul speaks, is I respect what he's saying, and I admire that he has the courage to say it, if you get what I'm saying. Hmm. Has ever said that to me before? <laughs> All right, well, you met me. Yeah. Met Gerald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have a fun question for you. So yeah. if you had a, t- a time machine, you can go back anywhere you would like for 24 hours where would you go and why? That's the first part. And would you add or take away any part of that experience if you could? Hmm. Where would I go and why? Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into the... Uh, so, okay, if it's a fun question. Okay, I could take this in many different ways and I, I, I would love to have a few different takes on it. <laughs> For sure, go ahead. Dealing with if you're dealing with what ifs, like what if I did this, would it change the world in a different way? Like time travel can be, travel can be, I love time travel movies. I love back to the future. I love all these time machine movies. Um, love the, the concept of time travel. And I've, and I've often thought of that, but it always goes back to like family. What family would I want to see? It never really goes for me. It was, it was always like, I want to see my grandparents. That would be cool to go back in time to see them and have other moments with them. Um, and then it, then that's the heavy, that's the heavy version. And then there's the fun version of, okay, okay if I go back in time to it, to an era. Oh, um, I just want to see if some things are true. <laughs> like go back to like, I don't know, the stone age or, or I don't know. That's a little dangerous, but I, I, I would, I really want to do the, I, I would love to do the Bill and Ted's excellent adventure version of that where I kind of get a taste of different times. <laughs> I like that. You know, one yeah. of my favorite shows growing up was the Simpsons. I could watch that like all the time. And there was this episode. I never forget when Homer kept like hitting the toaster and going like time travel, he was going like to different areas. And like when you were saying that, it was reminding me of that moment of just like, would I want to be here with dinosaurs? Would I want to do this? And I'm like, I don't know. But I definitely, if I had to choose a hard maybe part of that and from my heritage, I would definitely want, because I'm part Indian and African-American, so I would definitely want to like learn more about Native American culture and being able to be there when a lot of things happen of course, you know, in the world that we all know history, um, those experiences. Um, and I definitely would like to be there to kind of see that. And then also like going through the Underground Railroad, like just seeing that experience of what my ancestors had to go through and just how tough that had to be. Um, I think mm-hmm. those would be two options, like the, the hard part, the easy, fun one. Um, I want to go back to a time when I was in fifth grade 
And it was the first party I ever went to, one of my best friends. Um, he ended up passing away um, at 14, going on 15 at that time. He had leukemia. And um, when we were in fifth grade, that was the first party I had ever gone to. And it, it was so funny. I didn't even know we had lived like only a few blocks away from each other. So my mom's like, oh, you going to a party? I was like, yeah. And she's like, um, so she was looking like, oh, you got invited to a party. Because she's like, I, she knew I was like really nerdy and <laughs> really wanted to hang with me. But I just started at this new school. So um, getting the opportunity to like spend time with, with new people, make new friends. And I tell you, that was the best years of my life from fifth to eighth grade. I'm going to St. Paul Lutheran in New Orleans. Anyone who knows that area, that was such a, a prominent school. And I had a great opportunity. And it actually propelled me to where I am today. I learned a lot more in middle school than I would say I learned in high school. I was, it was an advanced school and I learned a whole lot. Um, so it gave me a great opportunity to make friends, but also to learn about myself. Wow. Now, if you had the opportunity to come from the future, to go to that fifth grade, and give your fifth curable medicine for leukemia, knowing that it would alter the future in a way that you wouldn't imagine in a positive negative way, would you do it? I wouldn't. And that's the, that's the hardest thing I would say, um, because I wouldn't be who I am today if I wouldn't have lost him at the age that he passed. Be really tough rough patch with anger and aggression and just didn't care and then I had to wake up I had to realize that I needed to make a change and do the right thing and I feel like my career as a counselor I'm a LPC by profession and I do of course the podcasting writing books and doing that for fun I love this show but my main thing is helping others and I wouldn't have been an advocate for a lot of things and been able to dedicate a lot of my work to him and to others if like so he taught me a lot but he still you know Wesley is, has helped me become who I am now because of his life so I don't think I would I, I feel like you know I would love to say yes I would but then you know we wouldn't have people in a lot of professions we think of doctors and nurses and you know if everything could be cured and it was no issues and you know they wouldn't be a lot of jobs that are out there so I feel like it's a horrid answer but I probably would say no because like I said he really taught me a lot about who I am today Hmm. but i wish he was here i really Ooh. do i mean he it's been years but but i will tell people i'm like hey you know what he was the smartest person i knew and he knew a lot of things i wish i had that that wisdom at that age and sometimes people who are taken early you know they've, they've been able to live a full life at least as full as it's going to be and they they've played their purpose you know and did what needed to be done and so like i said if I never left the school I was going to and transferred, I would have never had that opportunity. So, you know, even with you and I talking, this would have never happened if COVID didn't happen. You know, I, I decided I wanted to start a show and, and really help people and talk about mental health and wellness. And it just has grown to this point. So, yeah, I always say, you know, there's a lot of negatives to COVID, but there was a positive. A lot of people were able to get up and do different things. Yep. Yep, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing it. Mental health is important to me, and 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 uh, um, I've been impacted by it. You know, and with with my brother just committing suicide last two months ago, to oh, wow. 
yeah, just in hit, you know, everyone, everyone has it and everyone deals with it. And it's, it's important. It's an important issue for me. In fact, I'm doing a movie right now that deals with it, that we're prepping and, and I just brought up in the meet in, uh, or maybe a couple months ago, we were talking about it and, and we'll, I'll put it into a, um, it deals with topics like that PTSD and other, and other bullying issues. And, and I think it's important to have a mental health professional on the set um, mm-hmm. to, 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 to help people, to help the cast, to, you know, the guide these young talent through issues and, and personal and, and, and th- through the, the um, dealing with these heavy topics. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we're, we're going to take on that subject matter in a film, I think it's important to, you know, s- give the support system to back it up, sort of practice what we're preaching. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah. I love that. I love that you were able to share that experience. I, first of all, I want to start by saying, you know, my condolences to you and your family going through that experience because, um, and, you know, the deterrence for suicide has actually shifted a lot recently because when um, I went to training a couple of years back, and so they're actually turning that terminology around and saying completing suicide instead of committing mm-hmm. it because they said that when you think of committing, it sounds like a crime. And when people are at their, their you know, their last rope or their last thoughts or experiences, a lot of them are wanting to still be here and they don't know how to work through those challenges. And so I think that this is a great moment for us to be able to kind of learn about ourselves and the challenges we face. And then we talk about stages of grief. You know, we know we've heard of the five stages, um, but there's actually six stages now. Um, the other stage is meaning. And so um, Dr. David Kessler actually included that. He spoke to the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross family and added a sixth stage to the stages of grief. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful to be able to talk about it. I had a cousin who completed suicide not too long ago, and I've had a few friends who have. And it's just, it's, it, you know, that was, you know, the common that, you know, it, the common ground that we had was that we both were struggling with our own issues, but we just dealt with it in a different way. And I always tell people is that we don't know everyone's challenge. And that's why it's so important for us not to just immediately judge people. We need to love people back instead of judging people um, because we don't know what someone is going through and what, where their mind is taking them in those moments um, when they make you know decisions that are very life-changing. Absolutely. You don't know what you're through. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm here for you. I really am. I want to be able to help you through that, Paul. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about your mentor, um, Kenny, and just kind of learning more about him in the field. Um, I know he's been, everyone knows him. I, I first saw him, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to go back in my mind. I know he was on, wasn't it? Um, so you think you can dance, if I was not mistaken? Yeah, and Dance with the Stars, I think, too, yeah. And uh-huh. Dance with the Stars, but I remember him on So You Think You Could Dance. I think it was during the time, I'm trying to think of the the episode. There was one that had Lacey, who ended up being, Lacey, I think her last name was Swimmer, I believe. She was on Dance mm-hmm. with the Stars. 
And they did a dance to um, Billy Porter's All We Have Is Time. I'm not sure if he was on the episode, but I, it was another dancer, and I'm trying to think of her, her name. She has blonde hair. Oh, man. I, I'm sorry I'm messing her name up. It'll come to me probably after. I'm going to be so upset with myself. But <laughs> she, she actually choreographed, and it was for her, her dad. And that song by Billy Porter is just one of my favorite songs that he's done. And I just remember just seeing them dancing. Everyone was just, you know, crying in that experience. And um, if I remember correctly, I think he was in the in the, the either on the judging panel or he was in the audience. But I remember seeing him on the show. And he has such a very strong personality in a good way. And just someone who you can tell is just wanting to have the best production possible. And so can you kind of tell me about what it's like working with Kenny and um, can you also tell me how has he influenced um, dancers around the world? Yeah. Well, um, Kenny and I are, are in, in, in producing partners and creative partners. And uh, I'll probably tell him after, after this, I'll say, yeah, I did an interview yesterday. Ugh, he asked me about you again. Another one asked me about you. <laughs> I, always, I always tease him. I always tease him. There's not a place we go that that people aren't coming up to him and, and thanking him, and, and letting him know how did their lives with his work, whether it be High School Musical or Dirty Dancing or Hocus Pocus or Michael Jackson or anything. And and I just think it's a takeaway I've gotten from him is 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 know your reason and know your reason why you're doing something. And, um, and what, what is the takeaway? What is the takeaway that's living beyond behind that reason that the audience is going to get? And, you know, I've learned that there's nothing that does because he's chasing the money. Every project he does has that, that, that essence behind it, that way behind it. And that you're left with, um, you know, just think of the emotional impact you get from watching Dirty Dancing. Don't leave that final scene just with the, you know, being moved by the dance steps. You're being, you're, you're, you're having an emotional to that moment when Patrick Swayze looks at Jennifer Grey, and that she has that close-up shot looking back at him. You know, edited by him in the editing room. Um, but that, but that was designed through storytelling to have that emotional response. So, um, because it had a takeaway, because it had reason behind it, everything was de is deeper than just a dance step. So that's a huge thing that I've gotten from uh, working with him over the years, and something me uh, to all my projects now. Um, so that that that's been that's been probably the biggest takeaway. Uh, but yeah, we met in 2008 on the step on the piano of FAO Schwartz Toy Store, and uh, we've been working together ever since. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we 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 continue to develop projects. Have a bunch of things happening right now, and. Um, going full force on a lot of things <laughs> chaotic um but yeah it, it's, it's like it's uh you never know what 
through is a perfect analogy is how I met him. Actually, what we we're just talking about is, is I was going through a rough patch and I started choreographing at a young age and I was on fire at a young age, like building my resume with it. And I bought my first house in, in Brooklyn and my daughter was like three or four ish. This was 2007, 2008. And I bought this brownstone. And then all of a sudden it was the short happened. The economy crashed and countrywide scammed me for money. Like the, the countrywide loans. It was the, the whole housing market collapse happened in America. And all of a sudden I was losing the house to having lost the house and not knowing what to do, not having a home, not having food, not having a cell phone, all these things just started adding up. And I was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, and I got a job and I had to get a job for food. It wasn't even for bills because I couldn't even afford the bills. The bills were just gone. And I got a job for literally, and um, it was working at, FAO Schwartz toy store, letting kids on the big piano and demonstrating toys. Now producers would walk in that I'd worked with and celebrities would walk in that I'd worked with in the past. And I would hide, I'd hide in the hot wheel section. And, and this, this particular day I was, I would bring my daughter to work with me cause I couldn't afford childcare. So we'd have a 10 foot rule and <laughs> Uh, she couldn't call she couldn't call me daddy and uh kenny walks in and i'm like that's kenny ortega okay uh i'm going downstairs i went downstairs and i changed into my normal clothes and my boss is like what are you doing and i was like i, I have to go i'll be back in a minutes and he was like you can't leave it's christmas time this is your job blah 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 and i was he's like if you leave I'm sorry but i have to let you go you're fired and I, you know what i quit so i quit and I was thinking to myself, what did I just do? What did I just do? And I run upstairs and Kenny's on the press for something. And he's taking photos and I jumped on the other end of the, end of the piano. And uh, I danced my way into the middle. His way dancing into the middle. And I said, my name is Paul. I'm a choreographer. And I want to work with you. It's my dream to work with you one day. And I'd love to send you my materials. In a FedEx envelope, of course. And... <laughs> And two weeks later, he called me and he's like, uh, do you like rock and roll? And I'm thinking to myself, I like, yes, <laughs> yes, I love rock and roll. And two weeks, and he called and he said, can you be in Seattle tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, I can. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but he was like, we'll arrange for travel. You know, we got you. It's a new band I'm working with. I would love you to be the choreographer and, you know, check them out and consider it and consider it done and i get to seattle the next day and that was the beginning of me working with the jonas brothers as their choreographer and then that led to miley cyrus in a, in a big working relationship with kenny and about two years later i said Joel, and he's like what do you mean i said i worked at that toy store he's like you're lying i was like i'm serious i worked at the toy store and i told him the whole story and uh yeah, that's that's how we met. And now I'm, I've written a screenplay about that and musical, and we're 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 developing that actively right now. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's a, that's a perfect example if you don't know what someone's going. Um, but you know, I always stayed ready. I was even in that time. I was like, I'm, I, I was ready. I was ready for that moment. If I wasn't ready, if I didn't have my materials, you know, if I wasn't mentally ready, I, I, I was ready. I was ready for that moment. So I took it. Um, I had nothing to lose. I really had nothing to lose. I had lost absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. So. I mean that is that is such an inspiring experience. I don't I don't want to call it a story because it's not a story. It's an experience yeah. that I just felt when you were telling me that because you know people don't understand the challenges and the plight that it takes to get to where you are and it just reminds me so much of you know so many people who struggle with losing everything like you said and having to rebuild and make changes in life. And we have so many different examples of that from September 11th, you know, today being Memorial Day, which is a, can be a positive and negative for some people. It can be a big stress, but it also can be a, an opportunity to remind yourself of, you know, you know, these people who served and have done so many great things for our country. When you can mm-hmm. think of myself, I was a survivor of Hurricanes Katrina and Rita and just losing everything wow. and starting over. And so, I was 20 years old when that happened. And so when you were talking, it was reminding me of, you know, there were times we didn't have food and my grandmother just got diagnosed with dementia and I was helping take care of her. And so it was just a lot of things. I was going to school in a hotel room and no one knew that, you know, but I graduated top of my class and was that kind of student of the year. No one had no idea what was going on. You get to choose the narrative that you want the world to see and you also get to choose how you want to be perceived in your own viewpoints, not just what others have seen in you. It's like when you look in the mirror, if you're afraid to look back and see who that person is and to go out on whatever belief system you have, that faith that things are going to be better, then you get stuck and you can become complacent or we, we start self-loathing. And so I've learned to turn it around and say, you know what, I don't have all the answers, but everyone who I've been connected with at some point has really given me, you know, the love and support that I need that I can become who I, I need to be for myself. Wow. Well said. Well, so I'm taking notes <laughs> or I'll just listen back <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> but you have, you have my number now, Paul. So you can reach me anytime. Be like, Hey, I Great. need to talk to you. I'm having a rough moment. but i i love that that you share that with me because i feel like that's where power to i always say there's power in in our purpose and there's purpose in our belief systems and our belief systems help us to move forward in the right direction and so our words are very powerful and we get to choose how we we show up and and if we choose not to show that emotion in the right way and i'm just so proud of you because the more you've been able to talk about your experiences, you know, it's given me hope to say, you know what, even in my worst days, you know, I have to remind myself that, you know, there's always someone who is going through a tough patch. It doesn't mean that they're worse off. They're just going through their own experience and they're just trying to show up, you know, and just wake up that day and, and try their best to do better. And so mm-hmm. I, I I just know that your journey is going to really hopefully this podcast will 
help inspire some people who may hear this. They'll say, you know what, how is he still standing? How is he still doing this after that? Well, that, that has been your passion. You know, dance is your form of expression. And, and I can't wait for when y'all are able to get this out there, if it's going to be a movie or whatever y'all choose to do with this story, I would love to be there to support. And, you know, I'll be definitely watching it because I think this is going to be something that people need to see and hear. Yeah, I, I, well, I do too. I do too. I'm so passionate about it. I'm so excited about it too. So I will definitely let you know and you'll be hearing about it. And you'll be having me be the dancer in the actual movie, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You're going to be like, why does, why does this black man have three left feet? I don't know what he's done, but we're going to make it work. <laughs> All, right. Uh, <laughs> All right. So if you could choose one word to describe your journey in dance, what word would you choose to describe your journey? Hmm. Unconventional. I like I didn't, that uh, Yeah, yeah do the competition route. I didn't do what most people would call traditional training at first, at first. And um, I never listened to the advice of, I never did what the normal dancers were doing. So when I showed up on the scene and everyone was like, wait, where did he come from? Wait a minute. How did he get all these? How was he choreographing? How is, what? What? what so do what they were doing if a door would close in my face i'd figure out a way to get over the over the under the door around the door and i'd get creative so um yeah unconventional definitely i like that one the word that came to me when i thought of you in performing and the things that you've done was brave I think it takes a lot of bravery. Oh, you're welcome to, to first of all, to stand in a room full of executives or directors and other choreographers who's been doing it for years and that you can just stand firm and knowing that I have the talent and that I'm going to make sure they see it. But it also takes bravery to take feedback. I think people forget that, like constructive feedback is so important yeah. in, in your profession. And just to sit back and say, you know what, even with the years of experience you have now, that you still are growing and learning. You know, there's always a new dance, there's always new styles, it's different trends that people are looking, you know, to to continue to convey a message. And like I said, there's different ways of expressing, like you did in your first movie saying, hey, let's try this. It might be a young person who comes up with an idea of, hey, why don't we do this for this number? And you can pay it forward the way you were given an opportunity as well. Absolutely. Paying it forward. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand in any industry to understand and embrace the way you work. I, I now have learned how to work a certain way through trial and error and it understand how you work. Some people just are on autopilot and don't even understand how they work, even though they're working. I've, I've taken a minute to like really understand how I work and say, what works for me? What is my process? And, 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 and I, I really make that clear when I'm going out for a job. Like if I'm meeting for a job to choreograph a film, I'll sit with the director and questions I'll ask is, um, before we decide to do this together. And if you're going to go with me, 
I, I want you to be comfortable with the way I work. Because if you're not comfortable with the way I work, we should talk about it in somewhat adjust or, or not go in this direction or like not work together. So I explain, I work with a skeleton crew and I build the scene and I shoot it and I design it for the camera. I'll edit it together and then we'll discuss it. And if you want to make some changes or have some other ideas that we can riff off of, I'll apply those changes. If they're, you know, if they're, if, they're, if we both agree that they're elevating the, the scene and the story and, and whatnot. And then we use that previs as our shot list cameras on the day. We discuss it ahead of time. So I have time to change the choreography because my choreography is specifically. And I set some rules and I set some boundaries and I want to make sure they're comfortable with those boundaries. And the old school directors, the ones with lots of experience are usually really very comfortable with those boundaries because it saves them time and they know what they're going to get ahead of time. A lot of times the new directors are a little uncomfortable with it because they feel like I'm taking over their show. Um, when in reality, they don't, they, haven't, they don't understand that they're going to get the credit for <laughs> this great work. So I set those boundaries because I time to understand my process and how I work and how I'm able to get the best result. Um, but everyone's method is different. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's very important to, to have in, in, in with, without that knowledge of how you work and what, how you work the best, you're not able to stand up for things as strongly as you would if, you, you know, you just have a wishy-washy process. So yeah, that's very important to me. And I think your answer kind of would be sufficient for my next question. When I was going to ask you, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? But I think like setting boundaries and being clear of your vision is a great message for young people to hear. I'd say, yeah, set boundaries, be clear of your vision and be a leader. Like if you're putting the leader, there's no, there's no rule. No one's how to be a leader. I wasn't into that at a young age and I learned how to be responsible, you know, made mistakes along the way. And, and, and I think it's, it's, I think it's important for if you're going to position, you have to learn how to be a responsible leader and you have to, and because there's no rule book there. So um, there's a safe environment for everyone because uh, you're the voice of all these people you're hiring and they're sometimes um, yeah it's very important to have a, have an environment that everyone feels like safe to create safe to just um, feel like they're partners so they have a they have a voice it's only going to elevate your work as a leader it is like being being a a creative at the capacity, you know, your job is not to be able to do everything. Like my job isn't to be able to, uh, is it, isn't to be able to, to, that I want. My job is to be able to communicate what I want. My job isn't to be able to, to execute every dance step. The dancer's job is to execute every dance step. My job is to communicate how I want it executed. 
And that goes for every single department and every single element of my visions um, is my job is to communicate that not to do everything. So sometimes it's easy when you're starting out is to get overwhelmed by the fact everything or how am I going to do that? But no, your job is to communicate it, not to do everything. Another piece of advice I'd give too early on, because early on, that's, I think that's why I, I learned how to do so many things. Cause I thought I had to edit. I thought I had to you know, pick up the camera, right? everything. I, I did it all still sometimes do it all, but um, yeah, that, that's my ramble for that one. Well, I, I love it. I don't think it rambles for me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that's important because when, when you're able to talk through, uh, and that's the same difference with directing and choreographing. How many times do you have a vision in your mind and you're thinking it all the way in your head and you have to talk it out loud? You have to see it on storyboard. You have to maybe have someone else come in and step in to practice you know, it's I like to call like a stunt double um double in my mind. Like that's how my brain works. Like I'll talk myself through something like, Oh, that actually does make sense. And so you just have to kind of give yourself time to discuss it because then it helps to cl- create a clear picture. And I feel like the reason why when you it goes back to what I said earlier, is that you have an ability for people to connect and hear what, what you're saying because everything you said I caught on to it. It was like this all makes sense to me. Because my brain works the same way. And I think that's the connection that many people are going to start to get from you is other creative people are going to be like, oh, I, I really want to gravitate to what I hear because you you are able to work in so many different facets of dance. Like you said, when you're able to choreograph, you know, doing things with Sesame Street and then being able to go straight from that to maybe being on a dance with the stars, just using some examples of things you've done and then going to a movie set like you have to use so many different parts of your brain to still not only be creative, but to connect with an audience that of different ages and different experiences. So, yeah, that's great. I, I always say there's, there's, there's no disclaimer. There's so many elements at play when you're making a movie or making any kind of big project. And at the end of the day, you have to navigate and you have to like ride the wave and really just navigate through the waters and there's no disclaimer at the end of the day. You on the screen, like you can't write. Oh, but before you watch this big musical number, just know that we had rain that day, and so and so was late, and and um, the director was sick, and the camera didn't work for like 20 minutes, so we lost a couple hours of shooting time, and yada yada yada. You can't write a disclaimer on the on the screen. You have to work through all those issues, and it's and it's how you how you weather that storm. Uh, it, it, it's it's important. So problem solving, because you can't put a disclaimer out there. Your work is going to be there regardless of hitting you, making it. You're right. And I think, like you said, it just kind of goes into your intuitiveness as well. Like you have to have some of that within yourself before you start a project and have that vision, but also just reminding yourself of what the ultimate goal is. And I feel like that's what happens why some people last in in this field a lot longer than others because they realize, hey, yeah, me maybe going out there and dancing. It's kind of like someone who's like a break dancer, right? There's there's only a certain you know life that you can do that for a considerable amount of time, but after certain, you can't maybe do it the same way you once did when you were fifteen or sixteen. But you still right. have the vision. You still know what it looks like, and you can have. 
exactly exactly and as a choreographer if you're a real true storyteller you're you're technically a director and and you don't life anymore you can really guide you can guide a piece with your voice there's so many fantastic yeah. choreographers out there that uh, that can watch a piece and really just dissect it and, and improve it by just walking into the room and talking about with their voice not even with their movement there's great dance teachers like that too absolutely um debbie allen is probably one of the best for sure oh yeah she can still dance quite a bit and though, she too. Can. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I got to work I got to work with her uh, when I was choreographing Hellcat career. It was a TV series. It was twenty four episodes, I think, the cheerleading series, and she came in and directed two episodes. And I was like, Oh my god, Debbie Allen's coming to direct. I'm going to be the choreographer for Debbie Allen. Then we ended up collaborating on the on the choreography pieces, and we did some big musical numbers and stuff. She was just so supportive and so awesome to work with back like to direct everything they loved her and uh i i loved her she's just an amazing woman and and uh we're and i go to all their events at dada and try to support as much as i can it's it's amazing what she does and and how she has lives that she changes um through her dance studio and her company and and that's her that's pretty special legacy to have just that let alone yeah. her Kennedy Center honors and everything else. <laughs> She's Absolutely. <a> <laughs> yeah. Well, you let her know and Kenny both that I really admire both of them and I appreciate what they've done in the field, not only of dance, but how they have helped to inspire so many young kids out there. I've just seen them both just give their heart and soul to the craft of dance. And if you don't mind just sharing that with them, I think like it's good to hear it. I know my voice is only a small voice in the, upon of many other voices they hear but i think it's just great to know that they're impacting me i mean i've always loved debbie allen since i was a kid and just all the things she's done and i just think it's amazing to see that and then seeing a strong woman of color who is hard as a female in this industry just is you know unfortunately in some some respects and so for her to have come in and been able to command with or having a strong voice, but still being respectful and people admire you, but they also respect you. That takes a, a lot of practice and skill to, to get to that point. So I'm very proud of them, like I am of you, of all the great things y'all are doing in the industry that can be a doggy dog world if you allow it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Paul, I only have two more questions for you. I'm going to combine these last two. So yeah. the the first question I have is, do you mind letting us know what's next for you? If there's something that you can kind of give us a tidbit or behind the scenes of something you're working on that you. And then do you mind letting us know where people can find you online to support you and your career? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whew, a lot happening. Um, I can't talk about some of them, but I want, you know, from a Broadway show that is in very early stages that Kenny and I are working on, we're so excited about. And, uh, man, I can't say the names. I can't, I can't say them yet, but um, another film that we're working on, uh, it's coming out in the new year. We're going to start working on that. We also have a piece that we're 
we're um, taking out to the marketplace right now called 1300 miles to Broadway uh, starring Kristen Chenoweth. And it's uh, we documented uh, two seasons of this amazing musical theater camp that Chris Oklahoma every year. It was just such an enlightening experience and a life-changing experience for all the campers and, and us. And, um, I'm very excited for the world to see that, and I'm not sure where it's going to land and what's, what uh, platform it's going to land on, but it's certainly a, um, that's one of the, that's one of those legacy pieces, I think. Um, and uh, Nashville, pretty soon to shoot a uh, a, a spinoff series of a uh, did for Netflix called A Week Away. And it's a full-on musical, so I'm 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 really excited about that one. I have a lot going on, and uh, try to stay balanced. Um, but if anyone wants to see me, I got, I have a YouTube channel, uh, Paul Becker Official, and I have my Instagram, Paul Becker underscore Official, and all of those are Googleable. That's a word. Um, we're gonna make it a word. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And Paul, I have seen your YouTube channel. It's it's amazing. So I do want to give you props. I have I that's actually one of the, the first times I saw you was on YouTube. And then I of course saw you on Instagram as well. But I think you're doing amazing things. And that's when I learned more about your story. And I said, Oh, I really wanted so glad that we were able to make it work to get you here to share. And like I said, I really am here for you. I can't be your personal counselor. But I can definitely be someone as a friend that you can reach out to and run ideas by. And, you know, even if this creative stuff, you're like, hey, Jerry, you know, can I run this by you? What do you think about it? I'm always good with coming up with fun things on the top of my mind or say, hey, this is my honest opinion about this. I think this might be something really cool. You know, I'm open to helping you in that way as well. So just let me know what you need from me and I'm here for you. Thanks so much. This is great. Can't wait to eat. Listen to this back. This is enlightening. Thanks. Oh, absolutely. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, I appreciate you so much, Paul, for being here on Black Canvas. And like I say, you're one of my special guests in season 10. I don't know how many more seasons I'm going to go with it, but I'm so glad that in season 10, I've had an opportunity to talk with you. And if you ever want to come back on the show and share any experiences, I'm more than welcome to have you back. Great. Thanks. All right, you have a great night. Are you too? Okay, bye. Bye.